0: LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss, and if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at lifeLock.com/aware. Terms apply.
1: You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. You're
0: listening to the Archaeology Show. TAS goes behind the headlines to bring you the real stories about archaeology and the history around us. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 196 of the Archaeology Show. It's actually just me today, and I'm not going to continue that intro. I'm just going to go straight into it because this is going to be a short episode. Basically, long story short, I left Rachel in North Carolina this last week while I took the RV over to Alabama to get some factory service center warranty work on our RV. It's just we've got one system that just keeps failing. (laughs) So that happens. You know, it's an RV. Things break. Uh, But they couldn't figure it out last time we were there. So I had to come back because we don't have time. I don't know. It's a long story. So I've been there having late night meetings, having to get up at you know three and a half hours after the meeting at 645 bring the RV into the bay and it's just been a week. So because of that, we didn't really have an opportunity to record, but I'm putting something out real quick because, and I was just going to leave this feed empty. I was just going to say, okay, we skipped it. No big deal. We'll come back next week. And we do have some great news stories to talk about. But while I was just kind of trying to relax last night after a 500 mile drive, the first part of my journey back to North Carolina, I turned on just some background TV and I saw the show La Brea, which is streaming on Peacock. So if you haven't seen this yet, it's on NBC. I think they're in season two right now. It's coming back in January, which means I think season two is like still in full swing. I don't think that'll be season three, but I'm not really sure. Either way, there's a full season one and then at least a a partial season two and it's still going. It hasn't (laughs) shockingly been canceled yet. Now, if you haven't seen it and you want to see it, then turn this off, right? This isn't for you because I'm going to tell you right now exactly what happens and in the first like four or five episodes. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Anyway, so it starts out, again, shut this off if you don't want to know. It starts out in Los Angeles with a mom and her kids and they're like teenagers All and they're just doing whatever they're doing. All of a sudden the street starts to crack and... People and buildings and cars start falling into this massive sinkhole that opens up. Well, the sinkhole opens up, and it's, I mean, it's legit like 500 feet wide and bottomless. Like, they just don't know where the bottom is. Now, all the people apparently fell through, and, and along with cars and things like that. I mean, presumably some died. I don't know. But they fell through and they went through this light. They keep calling it the light. It's clearly some sort of rift or crack in the space time continuum. But none of them are smart enough to figure that out. So they fall through this light, and the light is, in the show, once you see them in this other world, it's way up in the sky, and yet they landed gently onto the ground somehow. So I don't know what's going on there. But they fell through this light, landed on the ground. They were all scattered around, and except for a lot of the buildings and and big, heavy material landed in one spot, and that was all smoking. So they all kind of converged on this clearing, they call it, where this stuff was smoking. So anyway... One of the people there is this stoner kid who is actually, uh, he's not really a kid. He's probably in his 20s, but he works at the La Brea Tar Pits. That's where this whole thing's centered around. That's why it's called La Brea. It's the La Brea like neighborhood, I guess, of Los Angeles, and it's right at the La Brea Tar Pits. And he knows different things, and he, you know he's... Uh, he's not like a... I don't know what his job is, but he does work there. So he knows some stuff about anthropology, knows some stuff about paleontology, and he just has a, like a passing knowledge of it all. And he's also probably one of the better actors in there because he seems natural, he's funny. The rest are just absolutely terrible. Uh, and that's why you shouldn't watch it. It's just bad acting. But I like, I love the premise. Now, here's the thing. I think if you've seen... Well, if you listen to the last episode we did, then, you know, we talked about Graham Hancock's series Ancient Apocalypse and he talks about how an ancient civilization that was way more advanced than any hunter-gatherer civilization and possibly even more advanced than we are now lived during the Ice Age, maybe before, I don't know what. He really doesn't cover that in the series. I don't know what happened to him. I don't know why there's no evidence of them, except for what he says is the evidence that is through all the, you know, megalithic structures throughout the world that started around 10,000 or 12,000 years ago, a uh, 10,000 BC, give or take, but about 12,000 years ago, that's where the, his first evidence comes from. And, Evidence. I'm putting. I'm doing air quotes. You can't see it. But anyway, so he talks about that, but he doesn't give any. You know, archaeologists look at it and say, "Well, there's there's no plausible reason for this. We don't have any evidence. We have anything." But now, through the show La Brea, we have what I think is a plausible explanation. It's clearly a time rift that sends people back to 10,000 BC. From different time periods, you'll find out later, but sends them back to 10,000 BC. And then, you know, clearly they can't get home, so they give the people their knowledge. But they do that while erasing their own existence somehow in the archaeological record. So, it's it's very nice of them to do that. Uh, they're very time conscious, I guess, and history conscious. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I'm joking. Uh, go watch Andrew Kinkella's video on uh, Kinkella teaches archaeology, I think it's called, on his YouTube channel. Anyway, go to the Pseudo Archaeology channel on this network and you'll see a link to his YouTube. But he did a video called Graham Hancock is Right. <laughs> so anyway, uh, lots of people have covered Graham Hancock. But point is, I'm talking about La Brea real quick because I just got to say, man, this is the problem with... Science communication in this world today. You know, Time Team in England ran for like 20 years or something like that. And people in England have just like a general passing knowledge of ground penetrating radar. It's just like something they have in their head, right? They know certain things because Time Team was not just like some, I hate to say it, but some PBS show that like 4% of the population watched. It was popular. People loved it. People watched it. Lots of people watched it. A whole generation watched it. And they just they just have this knowledge because it was a well done show and they and they talked about and did scientific things. We don't have that in this country. We tried Time Team, it didn't work. They had a few episodes, but it just didn't catch on. We've got crap like this. And we've got crap like the Graham Hancock's Netflix show, Ancient Apocalypse. And I'm saying that because the writers of this show either they were pandering to like idiot, you know people who who they expected to be watching it or they were just idiots themselves and didn't do any research maybe they didn't have the budget I don't know but one of the one of the first aside from the whole time rift sending you back to 10000 BC and not dying during the fall thing aside from that the historical inaccuracies really start off quick And one of the things is um, this woman who's one of the central characters, she's recently separated from her husband, but she's like not dealing with it very well. She's wearing her wedding ring around her neck. She lands in some field next to this rock that has a handprint on it, like a like a petroglyph, and that's going to become important later and her wedding ring on the on the necklace chain that was on breaks off but she didn't know it it's laying there on the ground. She realizes this later. Well, her husband in the future, we don't really know his story yet, but her husband in current time can actually see glimpses of that world as these like visions. It's weird, but they thought he was crazy. Turns out he can see this other world basically 12,000 years ago. Same world he's in but 12,000 years ago. And it looks like it's tied to people that are there right tied to the people that are that are that are in that world that he's connected to so he can see glimpses of his wife and he he knows they're back there he knows they're safe but he can't convince anybody so he sees this rock and he knows what this rock is because they've hiked there before they have a picture of them standing by this rock with this petroglyph on it so he goes there he knows she dropped her ring because he saw it in the vision and he tries to find the ring thinking it's been there for twelve thousand years and he does find it and it's covered in like black or something like that i mean first off it's like a it's like a platinum or silver ring with a diamond in it, it would probably look just about the same after 12,000 years, to be honest with you. It probably wouldn't look, it would be dirty, but you could clean it and it would look fine. But this looks black, almost like it was burned. But if it's sitting in the same spot, it literally legit hasn't moved for 12,000 years. So of course, what do they do to try to prove that this came from 12,000 years ago? They carbon date it. Let's let that sink in for a minute. They carbon date it. They didn't carbon date stuff around it. They carbon dated the ring. I don't even I don't even have words for that. There's so many other dating methods they could have used. They could have, I don't know, maybe done some sort of, you know, luminescence dating on the soil around it or something. but, but either way or, or just the depth alone of undisturbed soil. You know, maybe that, I don't know. But, but carbon dating, it's the only words that the producers or the writers knew. And so they used them. And it's completely just like garbage, right? Just total garbage. And that's the first thing. The second thing is, of of many, I should say, is they eventually figure out because the the woman who's the lead character she recognizes the Hollywood Hills, and because they see it as a picture on an ambulance, and she's like, "Holy crap! I think we're in Los Angeles still, but like a long time ago." And then the tar pits guy figures out it's got to be around 10,000 BC because he just happened to be near this lake of tar, the tar pits. He didn't put it together right away that it was the La Brea tar pits, but he was saw these tar pits. He saw these camels, which there were camels in Paleolithic, uh, or I guess post Ice Age America. They died out with a lot of the other megafauna, but you know they they were there. And there was eight of them, and they were coming towards the tar pits. And he's like sees them, and he's like no, as he puts it together, and he like waves them off, and. <laughs> he uh, told this other woman that he was looking for that he saw there he's like he's like dude they just excavated these last year at the tar pits there was eight camels they all went into the tar and they all got stuck there and uh, and i saw it and then they dated it to 10,000 BC and he's like so that must be where we're at he's like i can't explain it i don't know what's going on but that must be where we're at and it, the okay so ignoring time and all that stuff but you can't really ignore it. They they mess with it quite heavily. It's like, would he even have seen that if he in the future went to the past and erased it because the past has already happened? Presumably, he's already been to the past before he was even born. I don't know. It kind of breaks your brain trying to think about time like that. But that's where a lot of the other inaccuracies really start to come into play. Because eventually they meet some other people. They all speak English. We don't know why yet. And there are some, definitely some native people, Native American type people. I don't know if they're from 10,000 BC or not. There were definitely plenty of people here uh, at that time in that area. And they were probably all living near Ceruti, chomping on mastodon. That's a little bit of a callback for you. Anyway, so they were, you know, they they meet these people. There's there's a whole fort that's been built. It, It looks like. Something from, you know, maybe the last 2000 years that uh, any Native American group could have probably built with these little structures and things like that. Uh, there's like clay pots. There's there's uh, uh, spearheads and in like a weapon room and all kinds of stuff. All that not really historically accurate, but not implausible either as something people could build as Native Americans. But clearly they had help according to the show. And I feel like Graham Hancock is one of the writers of this. He's like trying to, trying to figure out how he can make his theory plausible and just kind of planting this in the minds of people. Then we'll see another series next year talking about how he's found evidence of this. But again, again, it just depends, right? Because there's one point they get a guy to fly through this thing in this little, and they call it a plane, but it look it looks like a like a drone almost. So you can have rotating things, so it can lift off and land vertically, but also fly like a plane. But he crashes it coming through. He had like an engine failure, and. There's a whole thing about how they they actually find the clearing in Los Angeles as an archaeological site, and they find some of the artifacts from the people that were there, right? They find some of the stuff. In fact, the lead lady, she wrote a letter, put in a bottle, and they found that letter 12,000 years later, which is kind of cool. It's one way for to at least communicate one way. I would have tried that right away, you know, do some petroglyphs or something <laughs> to see how that works. But it's got to stand, you know, the test of time, and, and hopefully it makes it. But anyway... In the, in the future, the guy has a vision about you know some of the stuff that's going on. And then they get to this archaeological site and they find this aircraft in the clearing. It wasn't originally in the clearing. It was off a few miles away. But they find it in the clearing and there's bodies around it. So, okay, let's just put that together right off. So, f- presumably, they got the plane working. They tried to fly people out of there, but it crashed in the clearing and people died. But they didn't bury them. They didn't move them. They already talked about burying people, but they didn't move them. They just left them there and took off in the in the that version of history well they managed to get a message through another drone said don't take off there was all kinds of drama they ended up not taking off and in the future the plane disappeared from the archaeological site so events in the past can affect this timeline if you're if you're a time buff when it comes to movies and things like that you always got to wonder when they start dealing with time travel do people going into the past create another timeline that is disconnected from the one they came from. That is actually one of the, one of the theories in physics. Uh, Is it physics? I don't know. But any, that's one of the theories is Yes. If you go back in time, or you manage to get back in time, you just create a fractured timeline that you're on. Otherwise, paradoxes can happen, and that's not great. right? You could kill your grandfather, for example. But in this thing, you could actually kind of do that, because you're in a different timeline. A different series of events are happening. And that kind of prevents the paradox. But in this one, clearly, they're in one timeline. It's very linear. And anything they do in the past can have an impact on the future. right? And they can send messages to the past, which can have an impact on the future, which is again totally mind-bending. But point is, there are a lot of archaeological, historical inaccuracies related to Native Americans, related to Europeans, related to uh, so far the Civil War, related to all kinds of stuff, and it's just it's just bad storytelling. I love the premise. I love the fact that maybe people fell into this rift and went back in time and had to deal with it. I think that's really cool. Like, how would you deal with it? In fact, I think every archaeologist has dreamed of going back in time and just seeing, hey, were we right? (laughs) That's. I mean, I know I have. You sit on a site and you're just looking around going, man, according to what we have here and what we know, this is what we think was going on at this time, but I would love to just be sitting over that other rise on my belly looking out in binoculars and saying, is that actually what happened? You know there's this little piece in your mind that's going, what if we're wrong? you know And I don't think're I don't think we're that wrong. I think we're probably wrong in, in when we when we try to create this narrative that oh they were definitely doing this and this and this. We don't know that. but we know that maybe they were it was a hunting camp. We don't know the order of things, we don't know the process of things. Maybe they were retouching a, a projectile point or an ax or something like that in order to use it. That's the assumption, but we don't really know, right? Uh, we think we have a pretty good idea, but we can never say for sure 100%. Even through experimental archaeology, we can say, okay, 99 out of 100 times, this is what was happening, but that one time is still hanging out there, right? And you, you can't ever get rid of that. So... I mean, watch it if you want to. It's terrible acting. Uh, I, I really wish that they could do a better job at this from an acting standpoint and just from a storytelling standpoint. It would be a great story to watch if they could just get some of the details better, right? It wouldn't take away from it at all. Like carbon dating a diamond ring. Come on. I mean, I know it's carbon, but you can't carbon date diamonds. (laughs) You just can't. They're too old. So if it was a natural diamond, if it was a synthetic diamond, that's a whole other realm. I don't even know anything about it. Maybe you can carbon date a synthetic diamond. I don't know. But either way, it's probably not the right kind of carbon to be able to date it would be my guess. But again, I don't know. I I have a feeling I know who's going to email in on this, though, and tell me whether or not I'm right, (laughs) because I didn't research it at all. So that's it for this episode. Rachel and I will be back next week with some great news stories about some really cool stuff that's actually been happening in the world. And in fact, one of them dates to, I think, around 80,000 years ago, which is pretty cool. And it, and it sounds like they got a Blue Apron meal and, uh, and tried to make it. So we'll talk about that next week. Thanks for indulging me in this short little episode. And again, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to The Archaeology Show. Feel free to comment and view the show notes on the website at www.archpodnet.com. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ArchPodNet. Music for this show is called I Wish You Would Look from the band Sea Hero. Again, thanks for listening and have an awesome day. This episode was produced by Chris Webster from his RV traveling the United States, Tristan Boyle in Scotland, DigTech LLC, Cultural Media, and the Archaeology Podcast Network, and was edited by Chris Webster. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at
0: Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands.